if Disneyland is the happiest place on earth, where's the smartest place on earth? Oxford, maybe, or Cambridge, or Harvard? Well, any list of the top 10 smartest places has got to include Silicon Valley, doesn't it? Stanford, Berkeley, right? Does Menlo Park really need a talk on how to get smarter? But think of it this way. How smart do you feel today? Who of you has ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Should you move or not? Should you go to this school or that school? Will this relationship work, should it? How can you possibly expect me to know how to raise these kids? What should I say in response to that? At each of those times where you don't know what to do, what you might need is information, but probably not. You don't need more information, you need wisdom. This summer, we're gonna talk about wisdom and see if God might help you come to Labor Day a wiser person than you are right now. We're going to look at the Proverbs, the third of the wisdom books in the Old Testament. The wisdom literature starts with the book of Job, and then come the Psalms, and then Proverbs, and it finishes with the Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. And this summer, we're going to take a look at Proverbs as a way that God would teach you and me wisdom. Now, the book of Proverbs is poetry, but it's Hebrew poetry. It has its own style. It doesn't sound much like Chance the Rapper. But I wonder if the Proverbs were going to be written today, what would they sound like? They'd be really short, for instance, no more than 280 characters. They, they pop up all the time in different places and ways. You have to decide which ones are good and which ones are bad. They're hashtags or, or tweets. If the Proverbs are the tweets of the Bible, then they'd sound like Twitter. We found some of the most wisest things on Twitter. Here's the first one. Shirley says, my iPhone just autocorrected everything to wartime. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I'm pretty sure we're all going to die. Wayne said, before Twitter, I used to be stupid in the privacy of my own mind. I love crying dad. My baby's sleep number is he don't. The next one's from Wicked Jen. I think it's not a coincidence that diet has the word die in it. But my favorite is Scott Palmbush. He got 5 million retweets by saying, okay, kids, listen close, because I'm only going to say this 275,000 more times. Every parent's idea of a tweet. Let's think of the Proverbs as tweets, small phrases that pack big messages. If you would, turn to Proverbs chapter 1, because before the author gets to all those tweets, he wants to tell us what he's about, and this is the way he starts. Verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. So right there at the start, we know who the author is. Solomon is King David's son, who's known as the wisest king in antiquity. And he says in verse 2, the Proverbs are for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior and doing what's right and just and fair. Now this next part, if it's not already underlined in your Bible, take out a little pencil and underline it or circle it. I want you to do this so the next person who reads it here will know who the Bible of, who the book of Proverbs is written to. 
because there are specific audiences. See if you can find who you are. It says in verse 4, it's for giving prudence to those who are simple. So underline or circle the word simple. And it goes on, for knowledge and discretion to the young. Underline young. Scholars believe the book of Proverbs is a series of sayings that are collected over a couple hundred years, primarily by kings to be used in the court to instruct young noblemen. That actually explains a lot of the stuff in there about money and sexuality. If you see the target is young men of power, knowledge and discretion to the young. And then in verse 5, let the wise listen. So underline wise. Proverbs are also for the wise. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Discernment is probably another word for wisdom or for the wise. Verse 6 picks it up. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. That's the definition of a proverb, by the way. Proverbs are the sayings and riddles of the wise, so you have to work at it. Verse 7 goes on. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We'll talk about the fear of the Lord later, but clearly another target audience of the book of Proverbs is fools. So circle fools. You've got four of the five audiences in the book of Proverbs. You've probably seen yourself a couple times already. The simple aren't stupid. They just haven't been instructed. The young who are huge targets, the wise, because one of the marks of wise people is they keep on learning, and now the fools who resist instruction. The fifth target is found on in verse 22. It says, How long will mockers delight in their mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent, and I'll pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. The last audience are the mockers or the scoffers or the evil. Circle whichever word you have. They're actually antagonists to God's wisdom. The fool says, yeah, 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 and then doesn't do it. But the mockers and the scoffers and the evil are actively opposed. These five groups are the audiences for wisdom. Do you see yourself yet? I'm in all of them except for the young. Let's take a second this first week and define wisdom. Wisdom is not having a 200 IQ. Wisdom is not knowing all the answers in the encyclopedia. Wisdom's not even information. Instead, wisdom is a skill for living. It's not what you know in your head, but what you do from your heart. Wisdom is the ability to discern and make right choices. It's not information, it's application. It's not how much you know, it's how much you do. I came to understand the difference between knowledge and wisdom some years ago. Many of you in the financial services community know the SIT family in Minneapolis, SIT Investment. Gene SIT was an usher at our church forever, as well as a brilliant investment leader. And over the decades, we developed a friendship that grew over tennis and, and golf. And, and one time, years ago, we we're playing tennis, and in the locker room afterwards, I said, Gene, I'm thinking about buying a house. The, the kids are out of high school now and we'd like to move to something smaller. And Gene says, oh, that's a great idea. I believe this is the top of the housing bubble. If you just wait a little while, prices are gonna go way down. So the key is sell your house now, wait till the prices go down, you'll do very well. A great time to buy. Well, all I heard was, this is a great time to buy. So I put the house on the market, we looked for houses, the market's still hot at the time. 
we found this beautiful little home right next to the city and surrounded by the lakes. And even though it was a little more than we wanted to spend, we figured we'd do so well on the house, we bought it. The realtor said, you know, the market's still slowing down a little. It could take two or three months to sell your house. So we discounted for that, and we thought, even if we lose 30 or 40,000 bucks, we'll still be fine ahead of the game. And we bought the house, and I couldn't understand why my friend Gene Sitt wasn't smiling anymore. We owned two houses for two months, and then three months, and then six months, and then 12 months, and then 18 months. In the end, we didn't so much sell that house as we gave it away. We said, enjoy it. Enjoy all of our equity. You just have a good time now. I got to tell you, that was a painful, painful joke for the Crosbys. But at least we sold the house. Many of you have had to walk away. That is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I had knowledge, but my desire overcame my knowledge, and I did not act wisely. There's a gain to acting wisely, a price to be paid for acting foolishly. God wants to help the oldest of us and the youngest make better choices. Every day, you make choices about who you'll have as friends. Maybe the most important choice you make is who you will let into your life to affect you or infect you, to pull you up or down. Choices every day. Not just where we work, but how we work. That's much bigger. Not just where we go to school, that's a choice, but what we'll become at school, that's the real choice. I was teaching our confirmation class one time, and I, I made them read one verse out of every book in the Bible. One of the kids read his and said, Jesus doesn't really talk about the Proverbs, does he? But I said, what's Jesus' biggest teaching moment? It's the Sermon on the Mount, right? How does the Sermon on the Mount end? And the young man read Jesus, saying, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it didn't fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is a fool who built their house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against and beat that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is a good Jewish boy. He knew his Proverbs about wise and foolish people and the choices they make, the houses they build with their lives. Wisdom's a way to stop the house of your life from crashing. Let me say that again. Wisdom is a way to stop the house of your life from crashing. It's literally life and death. Is that worth eight or nine weeks? I think so. What I want you to know today at the beginning is how to define wisdom. I don't want you to go home and say, that was a nice sermon. Well, I do, but instead, I want you to commit to reading just one proverb a week and seeing how you can apply it. We want to do this together. Pastor Matt Stefan has gathered a bunch of the staff together, and each weekday they're going to take three or four minutes online and reflect on a proverb. You can listen wherever you get your podcast or on the Menlo Church app. So let's do that together. The other thing we want to do during this summer is to give each of you one principle a week that will make the Bible more understandable you know, some people say, I don't believe in the Bible because it's filled with contradictions. 
Jesus says, the end will come before I die. Just a paragraph later, I don't know when the end's going to come. Is that a contradiction? And in the book of Proverbs, for instance, in 26, verse 4, it says, don't answer fools. But in verse 5, the very next verse, it says, answer fools. What's that about? Is there a contradiction here? Can you answer a fool and not answer a fool? Are they both true? Here's the first principle. It's important to realize that the Proverbs are a collection of sayings over time for different circumstances. So in one time, it is important to answer the fool or bad things will happen. In another time, in another setting, it's important not to answer the fool or bad things will happen. Different circumstances, different responses. That's part of wisdom. You know this implicitly. How many of you have ever been to Thanksgiving dinner? Raise, raise your hand. You've been to a Thanksgiving somewhere, sometime. Before dinner, it's chaos in the kitchen, right? People are running all around, whipping the potatoes, sniffing the turkey. All of a sudden, you hear grandma's voice. Come on, come on, people. And she says, too many cooks spoil the broth. In other words, get out of my kitchen. So you all get out, and after you've stuffed yourself so much, you'll never eat again, and you're lying in front of the TV going, ugh, in front of that fifth football game. You hear this clattering in the kitchen. You wonder what's going on, and Grandma comes to the door, and she's all alone, and she turns to you and says, many hands make light work. Different sayings, different applications of wisdom. We all know that. So we have to understand the setting. Proverbs are not universal. They're generally true principles that depend on the right time and the right circumstance. So today, let me give you four ways that you can become wiser this summer. You might be wise to write them down. But here are four ways that through chewing on Proverbs, you will become wiser. And on August 1st, you'll be wiser than you are right now. This is my premise. Left to themselves, no one ever arrives at wisdom. Left to yourself, you do not become wise. We are proud people. We're easily defensive. That makes us negative and whiny, suspicious and unsatisfied. We squander our opportunities. No one drifts into wisdom because wisdom is always going against the current. You don't drift into wisdom. It's unusual to be wise. It's uncommon, and that's why you need the lessons. The first way people become wise is to learn from the wise. Proverbs 16 says, The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. In other words, when you spend time around wise people, you become wiser. I say wise people because... Uh, too many of us confuse being wise with reading a lot of books or blogs or things we see on TV, but relationships are how wisdom rubs off best. Wise people, not just wise sayings. This is so important. Wisdom rubs off, and there is a huge danger for many of you in this congregation that you will never become wiser because you don't read anything you disagree with. You don't watch any TV you don't already like. You don't listen to people who have answers that make your blood boil. You will never become wiser. You will only become more confirmed in your prejudices. We must learn from the wise. So let me just ask you, if you're writing this down, learn from the wise. Who is that for you? What person or group? 
This summer, figure that out. It's better if it's more than just one person. But who is it for you? The second way people become wise is they observe life. Proverbs 24 says, I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. So many of us stumble through life and we're as dumb at the end of sixth grade as we were at the start of first. Or we're as naive at the end of our 50s as we were at the start of our 30s. But people who are wise are learning from life. It's like that mouth that sees a hole and a bunch of other mice going into the hole. The mouse says, wait a minute, a lot of mice go into that hole and I hear a snap and I never see them again. Let's let, let's let Harry go next. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned from what I saw. The wise do not follow the herd, they watch. By the way, that also limits the number of people who'll be wise because most like to follow the crowd. Number three, wisdom comes from experience, especially bad experience. Much of the book of Proverbs is about discipline and experience for the righteous. Because even the righteous, even the wise mess up. Proverbs 24. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Everyone makes mistakes. The righteous fall seven times. How do you make good decisions? It's by learning from bad decisions. There's that apocryphal story of the guy who shoots up the corporate ladder, finally makes a bad decision, loses $10 million at the end of the week for the firm. Spends the whole weekend knowing he's got to start looking for another job, comes into the boss's office on Monday, and she hears him stumble through how he lost the money. The boss chews him out thoroughly, shows him all the different places he messed up, and finally the young man says, so that's it, I'm gone, huh? But she says, are you kidding I just invested $10 million in your education. You can't leave now. Is pain wasted on you? Do you get bitter or blame others or rationalize from your mistakes, or do you learn? One of the things that's a difference between wise people and fools is that the wise are humble and learn from their mistakes. The last way for today that people learn to be wise as Solomon is to learn just like Solomon. At the beginning of the reign of King Solomon in 1 Kings, it says, King David died, and after some squabble, Solomon is named the king. He's a young man, and God appears to him and said, I loved your father. What would you like? I'll give you anything. This isn't a genie. This is the God who made the Milky Way saying, I'll give you anything you ask for. And Solomon says, well... I'm young, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. God, would you teach me how to be wise so I can lead these people well? And God says, good answer. You didn't ask for wealth, I'll give you wealth. You didn't ask for fame, I'll give you fame. You didn't ask for health, I'll give you health. You didn't ask for power, I'll trust you with power. Because you asked for wisdom, all this other stuff trails in its wake. God's Solomon Solomon starts out because he asks God. Be like Solomon. Ask God for wisdom. God wants all of his children to be wise, not just the smart ones. Listen to another good Jewish boy who learned Proverbs. This is Jesus' brother, James, and he says, if any of you lack wisdom, we all do, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without 
finding fault, and it will be given unto you. All of us are on a path going somewhere. Some of you today are stuck on that path. Some of you are lost. Some of you feel like you're trapped or you're going faster and faster and faster on the path and have no clue where you're going. We're all on the path, and at the end, it's not a place we come to. It's a person we become. Simple, young, wise, foolish, wicked, scoffer, the choice is ours. I ask you this summer, join us in hearing the wisdom of God. Lord Jesus, you said you'd make your people wise, the ones who asked. I don't want to be more clever. I don't want to be smarter. I want to be wiser. And when people look at us, I want them to see people that are peaceful and loving and considerate and filled with mercy, who treat everyone the same. They're wise. I ask that for my sisters and brothers. A lot of them are really smart. Lord, I pray you'll use information, but to give us application. Lord, don't make us wise, guys. Help us be children of wisdom in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message on Life Hacks. We wanted to let you know about a new podcast we just launched called Menlo Meditations. Season 1 is following this series on Proverbs, and each weekday we'll have a new three-minute episode meditating on a specific verse or two. We know we could all use more wisdom in our lives. We'd love for you to check it out. We think starting each day with Jesus will change your life.